morning, everyone. My name is my name is Eustace. Some of you know my name already. Uh, this morning, I'm here with my wife Teresa and my son Emmanuel, who is eight years old, and my little girl Mary, who is three years old. It's a privilege for us to be here. We're part of Grace Church, as uh, the host said earlier on. Grace Church is a multi-site church, which means we meet at two different places on a Sunday. So this is where we come from. Grace Church is part of Commission Apostolic Trust, as you are part of, uh, as you, I can see you're, you're gladly displaying the vision out there. We are part of Commission, which means we are a family this morning. Even though we've come from Salisbury, we're actually part of you, and you are part of us. So it's good to be here. It's such a great honor for us to be here. Hopefully this morning, you will know a little bit about my t-shirt, so just relax your brain and Hopefully, I will tell you a little bit about, about it. it I've, whilst I was sitting there and listening to the number of prophetic words coming, the words of encouragement coming, I, I thought, well, you've, you've, you've preached my sermon. It's about the nations, about God revealing way more. It's about you know, God taking us to, to a different level. There's scaffolding coming back so that we can uh, you know, be revealed. It's, it's, all about, it's all about getting known and taking the gospel to others this morning. So let's do the first things first, because it's good to always go through Jesus. So if you have a Bible, please pick it up and let's go to Mark chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry, it should appear on the screen behind me. So Mark chapter 5, verses 19. It says this, Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So this morning, I've chosen to call this uh, sermon, Called to Go. Called to Go. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, that you are brighter than we can even imagine. Lord, you shine forth than we can imagine. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we don't go to fight for victory, but we go to proclaim the victory that you have won on the cross. Lord, thank you. Lord, our work is proclaiming the great victory. Amen. If you are familiar with Mark chapter 5, you remember this is the story about the demon-possessed man. This is the man who lived in the tombs and often cut himself up with stones. He often cried out. He was a man. By the way, tombs were where the dead were buried in those days. So today we will call it cemetery. He was so strong that he even broke the chains. One of the things that came up this morning, chains, being bound by chains. This man would often break the chains that were used to bind him up. He was that very strong. But all his outward strength was a cover-up for his inner turmoil. The story says that the man was demon-possessed, which means demons lived inside of him and controlled every aspect of his life. But the story goes on to say that one day, this man met face-to-face -face with Jesus. And it says that Jesus healed this man, cast out the demons, and set him free.
The second part of 1 John 3, it says this, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The devil has got many works. Sicknesses, diseases, illnesses, and all sorts are the works of the devil. But all of these bow down when the power of God is present. This man would have felt shame, rejected by society and family. This man had no relationships. Imagine yourself being in a relationship with a madman who is always naked. He had no dignity. He walked about full of shame and pain. He had no purpose in life. But here he is, healed, set free, with all their pasts gone. This is what it means for the kingdom of God to come in people's lives. You know, where there is Jesus, the rejected is accepted. Where there is Jesus, Jesus even, better than the other one, where there is Jesus, the sick is healed, the oppressed are set free, and the kingdom comes. This is an example of the kingdom coming in people's life. So let me ask you this morning a simple question. Have you met Jesus? Have you had an encounter with Jesus? Has he changed you? Well, some of you have. And I'm praying that this morning the rest of you will be. He was healed. Do you also believe that Jesus still heals today? Do you believe that Jesus can heal you? So the next question is, do you have something that you need healing from? This morning, we're going to be praying for the sick. We're going to be praying for anything and everything that you need to be set free from. Just last year alone, I've rec I recorded about 17 stories of somebody getting healed totally or their uh, uh, condition improving significantly after prayers. And I'm going to tell you two of them. One was during our church service on a Sunday. I had a word of knowledge concerning somebody with waist pain. And when I brought it, no one responded. That is typical of Christians, isn't it? <laughs> after the service, a guy came to me and said, that was me. I've been suffering from waist pain for about three years now, and I've just lost my job because of that. I said, can we pray? He said, yes. We prayed for the first time, and nothing happened. So I said, can we pray again? And he said, yes. We prayed again for about 30 seconds. And I said, can you try it out now? So he went down to try it, and went, and went, and went, and he touched the floor. He said, it's all gone. Last year... I was at Westminster Chapel doing this kind of thing. And I had a word of knowledge for, some, for someone with pain in their feet and someone with pain in their ears. A lady responded to the pain in their feet and I said, can you go to the prayer team for them to pray for you? About two minutes time, she came back to the host and said, everything is gone. That is Jesus changing lives. That is Jesus healing. As Christians, we do not chase after healings. We do not you know, just go everywhere we hear healings. We don't just follow the trend and chase healings. Healings and, and being set free and all of that are just signs that point to the greater 
man, Jesus. They point to the absolute power and authority that is in the name Jesus. It's only in the name of Jesus that sickness is power. So we chase after Jesus. And the promise is that as we chase after him, these things will come. So this morning, we'll be praying for that. And I, 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 I'm, I can imagine some of you thinking, not me. I've been prayed for several times and my sickness has not gone. I will dare you, try again. Let's pray and pray and keep praying and let's keep, keep pressing in this morning. So back to the story. Now, after the man was healed, the Bible says that the people of the area heard about the story and they rushed to come and have a look. So when they came, the Bible says in verse 15, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legions of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. So what did they do? They said, Jesus, leave this area. Jesus did not argue with them. As he began to leave, the Bible says that the man who had just been healed said, I want to go with you. Who wouldn't? Imagine yourself or put yourself in the shoes of this man. Would you not say the same thing? Has Jesus saved you? Has Jesus done anything in your life that has transformed you like this man? So let me ask you this morning. Is it your heart desire to follow him? wherever he goes. I want to encourage you to do that. To give your life to follow Jesus because he's worthy of it. Followers of Jesus, though, do not choose where to go with Jesus. Jesus chooses where followers of him go. So when the man asked to go with Jesus, Jesus did not let him. He says this in verse 19. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. What a privilege to be called to go. This man, a few minutes ago, was mad, was naked, was ashamed. He was crying out and cutting himself. But just a few minutes afterwards, he is saved, healed, set apart, and he has become an ambassador for Christ Jesus. Jesus changes lives. He's been changed by Jesus to be used by Jesus. Have you been changed by Jesus? Have you made yourself available to be used by Jesus? Or maybe here this morning and you don't know Jesus. You don't know Jesus and you don't believe in Jesus. Or perhaps you were just about to believe. You don't know what to do. You just want to cross the line and you think Jesus is not going to help me. Because you look at your past and the shame, the guilt, and everything is just haunting you. And you think, yes, Jesus can change anybody, but not me. Would you let this man be an example to you? Would you let this man's life, this man wasn't even looking for Jesus. He wasn't even accepted among people. You were here this morning. It means you've been accepted. Imagine you came here naked. This was this man. He was naked, not in the midst of people, but Jesus reached out to him. And I believe this morning, if you're going to open your heart up, Jesus will reach out to you. 
He is here to rescue you wherever, how far you've gone. It doesn't depend on your past. It doesn't depend on your present. It depends on the power that Jesus has. And it depends on his finished work. On the cross, he said, it is finished. This morning, I'm going to throw a challenge to you. If you don't know Jesus and say, be bold and trust him. At the end, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. At the end, I'm going to throw up a challenge, a call that you are going to respond to and say, Jesus, I cannot sort my life out, but I will trust you to change me just as you changed this man. And I know and believe that Jesus will do that because he's done it for me. My story was similar, even though not in detail. Because once I too lived in the tombs, because my spirit was dead. Even though I was not naked, walking around, I knew I had an inner turmoil that needed to be dealt with. Ephesians 2 verse 1 is a summary of my past life. It says this, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Outwardly, everything seemed to be fine. But inwardly, I had an inner turmoil. How many of us have inner turmoils that we are covering up? We cover it up with nice holidays, nice cars, nice work, even going to church. We cover our inner turmoils up. Like the scaffolding thing. What I want to suggest to you this morning, I don't want to command it. We are under grace. But my suggestion is that if this morning you will let Jesus come into that situation, that thing that making you have that inner turmoil that you don't want your neighbors to know, you don't even want Mick and the other elders to know. Because if you think, if they get to know about it, well, Jesus this morning can take it away. If you will let Jesus know. He already knows, but he's willing. He's just waiting for you to lay it under his feet. Someone said that this morning. At the end, we're going to pray for that. Shortly after, after I came to the United Kingdom, I thought my life was a Christian. I thought I was a Christian because that's what most Ghanaians, you're either a Muslim or you're a Christian. So I thought I was that one. But I had an inner turmoil that kept bothering me, kept nagging me. And then one day I went to church on a Sunday like this. I too encountered Jesus. That day, Jesus offered me forgiveness. He offered me uh, grace. He offered me mercy. And I made the decision to receive all that Jesus offered me that day. On that Sunday, I started to follow Jesus. Have you started following Jesus yet? Well, you can do that today if you haven't. Because at the end, there will be an opportunity for you to do that. And shortly after my life in Christ, I was reading Mark chapter 5, this very passage. And when I got to this verse 19, it says, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. There and then I knew God was calling me to go to Ghana, where we had come from. That was about seven, eight years ago. God made this a personal message to myself and by implication to my wife and children. 
So we, 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 we spoke about it, and then we told the elders of our church, and then over time we told Guy Miller of commission. So for the past seven to eight years, we've been preparing to go to Ghana to plant a church. Why are we going to Ghana? Two reasons. Number one, because God has called us to go. Having heard God myself and many others confirming that with prophetic words, we believe this is the wisest thing to do, to go in obedience. Someone said this this morning. See, I'm repeating the things that goes through my theme. What an opportunity to go and tell others what the Lord has done for us. It's just a blessing. It's a privilege to go. Hasn't God done a lot for us? He's had mercy on us. He's forgiven us our sins. He's given us grace. He's filled out with his spirit. We get to tell people all of that. But my question to you this morning is, are you telling your people? Let me tell you some of your people, or let me suggest some of your people to you. It's very simple. You know, when you go to the shop to buy things, the very people that serve you, they are your people. Tell them your story. When you go to the gym, the people in the gym are your people. Tell them your story. Maybe you are part of a running club. They are your people. Tell them your story. It's your story. It's about what the Lord has done for you. Some of you have been healed, but your families don't even know about it. Some of you have encountered God in a way that will just blow mind up. You don't tell your stories. Tell them. Tell your stories. That's all it is. It's your story. When you go to the school gate to drop off your kids, you've got a lot of people around you listening to you. Tell them your story. We get to tell people in Ghana. This is why we're going. But not everybody that we know think this is the wisest thing to do. So let me tell you two of them. Our own families and friends back in Ghana and in the UK think this is very stupid. Why are you going to leave everything in the United Kingdom? The good, the good work you're doing, the money that is coming in, the hospitals, the good education for your children, the best healthcare system that you can ever find. Why leave all of them and go to Ghana? And then those in Ghana are pushing the other way. Why come to Ghana? We are even looking for opportunities to come to the UK. Why don't you plant the church in the UK? Very simple. Come to the next town next to Weymouth, plant a church. That's good, isn't it? They are right, though, because I never came to UK to ever, with the intention of ever going back to Ghana to plant a church. The last thing on my mind was to ever go and live back home. I came to work, make money, and live a better life. So they are right. And when I arrived here within six months, I joined the British Army, which came with a lot of benefits, including myself and my family becoming British citizens. That is a dream come true. So why go back to Ghana? This is what Paul said in Philippians 3.7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Knowing Jesus makes everything different. You cannot know Jesus and still remain the same, still have the same plans, still have the same values, still have the same thinking. 
Jesus changes lives. Jesus himself is the greatest example of all. He came down from all that he had to become like us so that we can become like him. This is an example we want to follow. We want to follow this as we go to Ghana. Why are we going to Ghana? Number two, this is who we are. As New Frontiers and as Commission, this is who we are. We have passion and compassion for the lost, don't we? Wherever they may be. When I visited your website, you had this as part of your vision and values. And it says this, along with other Christian churches in town, we want to make Jesus known for who he is and what he can do in our lives. Here's a question for you. Would you not like to see people in Ghana and West Africa get to experience this very vision of yours? This is why we're going to Ghana. But this does not just fall in with your visions and values. It also falls in with Commission's vision, which is to see thousands of lives transformed through hundreds of churches in tens of nations. And going to Ghana, Ghana is going to be a new nation for Commission, and it will be one of the tens of nations. This is why our vision for going to Ghana is going to plant, is going to be to plant a grace and a spirit-filled church that plants other churches in Ghana and over time in West Africa and beyond. With this in mind, we are going to be called Grace Community Church. This is a summary of our intent. We want to be a church characterized by grace and a community full of God's spirit. See, I can see huge potential for us as commissioned family. We have already seen glimpses in Ghana. And I believe there's more to come. I remember the first time after I had encountered Jesus in a way that I've never encountered in the UK, I went back home on a visit to Ghana. And in Ghana, you can do most things because we are a religious nation. You can actually go anywhere and start talking about Jesus and no one will beat you up. In fact, you will you'll be listening to. People feel guilty for not listening to you if you talk about Jesus. And this is true. They won't believe it, but they cannot leave you until you're finished. So when I went to Ghana, I decided to preach in a coach, you know, like National Express. And the driver said, yeah, go on, captive audience. <laughs> so I preached the gospel in there and about eight people responded in a coach. The second and third time, about 12 people altogether responded. The fourth and the fifth time, about six people altogether responded. See, this is why we want to go to Ghana. Mark 5.20 says this. So the man went away and began to the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. We look forward to the day when thousands and thousands of people in Ghana and in West Africa, across the world, plus commission and new frontiers will be saying, we are amazed because Eustace and Theresa came to share their testimony with us. But here is a confession this morning to you. Myself, my children, and my wife, I nearly left my wife out, but she's, she's coming, I'm sure. <laughs> we cannot do this on our own. It has to be everyone in commission. 
which includes each and every one of you here. Now, let me say this. Not every follower of Jesus is meant to move locations to a different town or to where they come from. But I believe this statement is true, that every follower of Jesus is called to go on a mission with Jesus. Yet, the Christian mission must never be an individual best effort, but a collective effort. So, you saw me get a brush. Look at this brush. This brush is effective because of the many bristles put together. That is a picture of Christians on a mission together. You know, you are part of this church and each and every one of you play a part and together you can achieve more than you could have as an individual Christian. In the same way, Weymouth Church plus many other churches come together to form an apostolic mission. And together, we can achieve more than we could have achieved on ourselves as a Weymouth family church. And an apostolic mission can only achieve so much if they are tied in with God's mission. So the take-home message for you this morning then is, come with us. Come with us to Ghana. Commission is a family. So everywhere one member of the family goes, we all go. And I can hear your question clearly and loudly. How can we come with you? Thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm going to say four things or four ways that you can come with us. Number one is go with us physically to Ghana. This can, this can take the shape of two forms. That's number one, you physically move from Weymouth, which is close to the beach, and come all the way to Ghana and live there and be part of the team. Or number two, occasionally visit Ghana and visit us as the church plant uh, kicks off and begin to take root. The plan, as Mick has said, we actually revised it. We were meant to go somewhere in April. It was always provisional, but we've actually come together. We thought, no, we have to shift it a little bit to July. So now we believe July is the sort of dates that we have in a diary. But hey, we are flexible. God can move it anytime in any way. So we are flexible. We don't want to die to that date. You know, Jesus has already died to everything. We can be released from it. But the plan is for us to be in Ghana by July. And the city that we're going to, as Mick said, I probably sent wrong information to him, so I'm going to correct myself, not Mick, correct myself. It's a city with a population of about 500,000 people. And the most important thing is this. If you leave Weymouth and you come to Ghana, to this city, you will not lose out because it's actually on the beach. <laughs> In addition to that, you get 12 hours of sunshine. Can't get it here. I mean, would you consider that? Both visiting 
and moving to Ghana. Number two, friends and families in Ghana. I sometimes meet people, British people, and they tell me they've actually visited Ghana, they've been here, they've been there. If you have been to Ghana and you know anyone who lives in and around this place, just tell them about this. Tell, tell them about this church plant and let them know so they can join us. Number three, go with us through prayer. Colossians 4.3 says this, and pray for us too, that God may open the door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. See, by going to Ghana, by going to Ghana, we are going to invade an enemy territory. And we don't want to be complacent. We would like to make prayers one of the key foundations of this church plant. So please consider signing up to pray for us regularly. Make has already indicated that you're going to do that. And I believe you are going to do, and you've already uh, started doing that. But I, I, my, my wish is that individually and collectively, this will be on your prayer list. Please do consider that. And number four is financial support. And I just want to start by saying thank you very much for your contributions. You have not contributed just once. You have actually contributed twice. Because at West Point, 2018, you as a church and many others came together and you generously gave. Part of that money is going to the Ghana Church Plan Fund. And secondly, as Mick said, you have generously as a church contributed again. This is so generous of you. So you can see how, how you know, being in Weymouth, you can actually be revealed in Ghana. You know, as you pray, as you give financially, this come together and it helps other people in other parts of the world so that you might not feel significant, but you are significant because whatever you're doing here in Weymouth affects other people and what happens in other parts of the world. And you, you, I just want to say that we are together as a family, as commission. And I just, I have my friend here. I've forgotten his name. Oh, Sam is very kind. You know, I've sat in the classroom with Sam. I've preached in his, in his church. I've done a lot with Sam. I can't still remember his name. So Sam is here. And Sam, I remember when, when uh, we shared this vision of going to Ghana at commission prayer. And Mick came to me and said, I didn't even know Mick at the time, but Mick came to me and said, we would like to support this. And I thought, wow, what a blessing it is. And then Sam, uh, we sent us an email to Sam and said, Sam, this is a vision. And he replied and said, hey, we would like to have you to come to our church and preach. By the way, we also want you to know that we would like to give financially to this. What a privilege. So when we come together like that, that is what it means to be part of an apostolic mission. That is what it means to have your church in a corner of the United Kingdom have an impact on the nations. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. And thank you. Sam probably didn't listen to my sermon, so he's followed me here to hear it again. So thank you very much, Sam. <laughs> You know, by giving to the Ghana church plant, by committing yourself to pray and all of that, it shows us your heart. This just said this in Luke 12, 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You have shared the cost with us. This shows that your heart is actually in there. And we thank you for that. I just want to say thank you again, Sam. It's just a great honor to be part of 
commission and part of all of us together. You know, there's a cost. It costs you something in order to give to Ghana. You probably could have used your money to do something else. And Good News would have done something with their money, but they gave it to Ghana. It, there's a cost in supporting the mission of God. It is costing my wife and myself to go to Ghana. And it will cost you if you ever want to visit Ghana. It will cost you if you want to move to Ghana. But I believe together we can do this with God's help. So thank you once again. At the end, we're going to be around. If you want to ask questions, we are happy to talk to you and tell you more about it. But I just want to say this. You have blessed us abundantly. And I will say thank you again. And thank you for all of that. I can't thank you enough. If you want to uh, know more about this church plant, please speak to Mick. Mick has got my contact and you can get uh, some information from him. If you want to pray for us, as Mick said, please do uh, get into it. Pray, you know, fervently pray for God's power, pray for salvations, pray for healings and pray for the presence of God among us every time we meet. But now, I just want to ask you one question. If you are not a believer in Jesus, that is, if you are not a Christian, I want to ask you a simple question. Why? Have you not heard the promise? Which is to all who did receive him. To all. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. It simply means Jesus has done all the work. Yours, to, yours is to receive the benefits of it. We do not like to be part of God's family. We do not like to be called a child of God. Why stay away when you can have God himself call you as a child, as a friend? There is an invitation right now for you to come. All you have to do is to believe that in fact Jesus did die on the cross for your sins. Sins are just the things that you do say that you know are wrong, that you know you are not proud of. And we are not going to ask you what you've done or said in the past or present. Jesus knows. All you need to do is to admit that you have in the past done something wrong. And as you accept that, I will ask you to lay it down to Jesus. In your heart, say, Jesus, I want to give you my sins. Your blood is sufficient for it. I just lay it down. And as you do that, you open your heart and let Jesus come in and say, Jesus, today, I want to start following you. And I want to assure you, if you do that, you will know in your heart. And already, if you are doing that, you already know something is happening in your heart. Shall we please close our eyes for a minute? If that is you, if you think, yeah, today I want to start following Jesus. 
I'm not going to surprise you. I'm going to pray for you. It's that simple. I just need you to put your hand up wherever you are so that I can see you and I'll pray with you. If you put your hand up a bit above your head so that I can see all eyes are closed. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you. Put it down. I've seen you. If you put your hand up. Yeah. God bless you. I've seen you too. Yeah. You can put your hand up if you put it up. If you haven't and you want to do it, there's still an opportunity to do that. And I say, yeah, Jesus, today is the day I want to start following you. Today, I give myself to you. Today, I'm taking that bold step and following you. If you want to do that with, with those who have already raised their hands up, you too can do that. There's an opportunity. There's never anything too late in Christ. Come as you are, the Bible says. Not go and sort yourself out. Okay, I'm going to pray for those two people right now. And I will just ask you to pray after me <clears throat> from your heart. You don't need to shout it out. You can shout it out if you want, but it's not the shout that is going to do anything. It's your heart that is ready for Christ. So just pray after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning that your love covers all my shame. That your love has this morning wiped every sin I have done that I'm not proud of. Thank you, Jesus, that today I can start knowing you. That from today, I can start calling myself a believer in our Lord Jesus. That today, I'm part of God's family. That no longer will I come to this place as a stranger, but I come as somebody who is part of the family. Lord Jesus, help me to live my life from today. Help me to tell my story to people that I know and I meet. In your name, amen. Okay, if you open your eyes, thank you very much. Now, we're going to do this. It takes a bit of embarrassment to admit that you need help sometimes. Has anybody can relate to that? We're going to pray for the sake, for anything, for emotional pain, emotional healing, whatever it is. All you need to do is to overcome your embarrassment and say, I need help. I need to be prayed for. If that is you, as the band comes up, as we start singing the next song, as we start thinking, is there, is there going to be a next song about the nations? Is it? Yeah, that's good. Okay. So if you come up and start singing, I don't know how we're going to do it. We're going to pray for the sick, wherever they are. I don't know how you're going to make it, whether you're going to come forward, come to the back or whatever it is. But let's pray. Let's pray for the sick. Let's pray for ourselves. If you need more of God, just ask. We don't need to you know, ask for healing. If you need more of God, we all need more of God. Just get yourself ready and let's go for it. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you and God bless you all.